Welcome, nefarious cohorts, to our last but certainly not least bewitching session of the Villain Vaults Showdown. Coach Shelby and Coach Christine here to guide you through this last workout with just a little bit more deviously delightful parts of our villainous master plan. As we embark on today's run, we'll be ready for our teams to bring their best in the wicked showdown, get those last minute miles, and of course, be a little on the bad side. So with that being said, gather your energy, summon your inner villain, and prepare to unleash the kind of power that only comes from the dark side. Remember, in this land of wickedness, it's the cunning, the fierce, and the ruthless who will reign supreme. For this final mashup, we're going to let you run strong and all out for a fun run. Coach Christine, it's safe to say that this bonus episode is jam-packed with just the last little bit of villain energy we have. Absolutely. So friends, go ahead and get started. Of course, we included those dynamic stretches in those episode notes. Hopefully you have done those. If you want to walk it out for a few minutes first, you're welcome to do so. But the clock is officially kicked off and we can't wait to spend this time with you as you rack up some miles along with some little devilishly evil surprises of fitness here. So this is going to be part scavenger hunt, part roulette, where whenever you come across some of these Halloween decorations during your run, we're hoping that you will go ahead and find a little safe space off to the side and that you will tackle some of those movements. They're all designed to be standing only type workouts. I'm not asking you to run with your yoga mat in tow or anything like that. We're not going to have you jump onto or uh, make it all your way down to the concrete or sidewalk because I can't see Coach Shelby ever doing that. There's no way she's getting down on those sidewalks. They're all gross full of germs. Mm -hmm. So, so again, just find your little screenshot that we've also attached to episode notes. And when you see something, maybe it's time for you to take a little breath and you want to work it out. We would love for you to do so. Now we have something in store for you all, my friends. We're going to ask you to do at least three of these movements throughout today's run with the purpose of our entire 60 minutes. We want you to try to aim for at least 2.6 miles because it is a mirror and malice mini marathon after all, including some of these workouts. If you are unable to either find some of these Halloween decorations or you're not really feeling the whole working out in front of other people or maybe your neighbors, we're going to ask you to make it happen where you do a little bit of a burpee bash penalty post this run. Pick your poison type. Oh I my gosh. I'd much rather feel a little silly doing some lateral jumps or some web clings than have to go back and do burpees. I'm Dude, just saying. Same. Absolutely same, which is why we did it because we want you guys to start breaking out of those shells where you think that people care about what you're doing because guess what? They don't. They and don't. if they do, who cares? At the end of the day, they ain't paying your bills, my friend, because if they are, can you put them in touch with me? I'll happily have them pay my bills for them to watch me do <laughs> burpees or whatever. <laughs> So yeah, pick your poison, of course, whatever your comfort zone is. But of course, we know that even in this villainous land of delight that you all will proceed with honor or maybe a little dishonor. And you're going to post these images when you check it on off or let us know that you tackled. And then we'll have for our official Halloween um, soiree where we 
unveil all of our wonderful runner-up and winners. We'll maybe throw in a little surprise for you as well. So we're excited to have you along for this, whether you're tackling it on Halloween day or you decided to make this part of your weekend's long run. It's definitely a lot of fun in store. So coach, I have to be honest, right out of the gate, like I'm looking at some of these and first of all, they make me happy to look for Halloween decor. And second of all, like the skeleton, it is everywhere. That skeleton is so popular this year. That like 20 foot skeleton or however big it is. Yes. I don't know, everything to me is 20 feet because I'm short. But no, the, that big skeleton, I've talked about it before. There actually is one around that they dress up for different holidays. And like one time it's baby new year, then it's the skeleton. That's hilarious. Santa. It's amazing. But the the Halloween decorations came out early this year. So there's a fair few of these. I know I'll be able to get out on my route. Yeah, I have a bone to pick with you um, and your Christmas love for the record. Oh. So we cannot ever in the future allow Christmas decorations to be front stage in front of my Halloween decor because I've been going into some stores and seeing all sorts of Christmas stuff. And like, it's not even, we're not even done with Halloween yet, girl. Slow your roll. Listen, don't hate the player, hate the game. Well, with that said, friends, we have a lot more fun in store. So do stay looped in because, of course, we're going to have a winter holidays challenge. It's not going to be quite so evil, but we do look forward to having you guys along for it as well. So you're going to want to sign on up to learn more to our newsletter, of course, staying in the loop. With that said, Coach, let's start dropping some knowledge here because we've gotten a chance to highlight our showdowns throughout this entire challenge. And of course, we had Shadow Man highlighting some of the villains throughout with the little daily activities but I'm curious like what kind of love do you have for either Maleficent or do you have a favorite villain that you didn't get to have on your side I think really Maleficent is my favorite villain I don't know what it is but I know I've been giving you a lot of guff throughout this entire challenge but I finally watched the first Maleficent which I was pretty salty about I had to pay for the first one to where mm. the second one was on Disney Plus. Yeah. But I finally watched the first one and everything of the second one made sense. And it was a really, <laughs> really awesome movie. Angelina Jolie is fantastic. I've never been a huge fan of her, truth be told. Mm. But she was amazing. And all of the little hidden Easter eggs within the movie were really fun. So Baby Aurora was actually played by her daughter. I didn't know that. Yes, her daughter Shiloh was actually cast as Aurora. And it was really funny because they said her daughter wasn't afraid of her, which made it all the better because while she was acting, she wasn't supposed to be afraid of Maleficent. So it all really played well. And she got her other kids involved too by testing out different laughs with them. And they picked which laugh she was going to use during the movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Fascinating. That is really good. I did see her in an interview where um, the interviewer was asking something to the effect of, does she kind of miss being that bad girl that she like had as her part of her branding, if you will, when she was younger? And now that she's kind of married and proper and doing some amazing stuff as ambassadors to different nonprofits throughout the world. And her response was perfectly Maleficent where she said, I still am a bad girl. So again, 
I do think there is a lot to be said about that. I love that she's able to have both those dualities of her personality as an actress, but she brought straight evil to that specific role. Even though I will say you kind of do feel bad for her. I mean, all she wanted to do was not get left out. I felt horrible for Maleficent in the live action. And I will say though, Spoiler alert, if you have not seen the live action, there is a part where her wings are taken from her and that guttural, animalistic cry, it hurt my heart. And it was such wonderful acting, but I don't know if I could watch that part again. Like it was, it brought me to my core. It was so realistic. But before I do give all of the love to Maleficent, is the Evil Queen actually your favorite? Well, I mean, Maleficent, you snagged like immediately. Yes, like I it did. was, it was quite literally. And I know we've told the story, but I'm gonna tell it again. I was like, I, you know, I would really love to do a little bit of villains after the royalty challenge. And you're like, okay, but I take Maleficent. So <laughs> it was like there was no way that we could have proceeded without you having Maleficent on your side. She is amazing. I think that she is considered a kind of reign supreme in terms of evil maliciousness, though I don't think so. After we've discovered as much as we have, I don't think she's inner evil. I think she's acting out of hurt and pain, which makes me sad for her. Where my wonderful uh, evil queen is truly evil. She didn't, oh, she wasn't always evil, but she grew into those evilness, girl. And she was like straight up just owned it. Um, (laughs) I do think she's fabulous. I've always thought she was fabulous. As a kid, I always thought that she was elegant and royal and I was never scared of her. Um, I just thought she was amazing. And I don't know if you know, I'm sure you do because I've forced us to follow it on Instagram. One of my favorite accounts is a young man who is a special needs individual who is called Thomas and his parents take him to Disneyland frequently. And the evil queen and him have such a sweet relationship where they call her the not so evil queen. And she'll go out of her way no matter what she's doing to like approach him, but she does it in character and it's just, it's it's heartwarming. So I think the evil queen is definitely at the top of my of my roster and of course i dived into the books where the villain's perspectives comes into play and i thought her backstory was super super cool i i really i do feel a kinship with a lot of the villains because they're not mostly born evil they become evil between things that were done to them or again kind of like that nature versus nurture argument mm-hmm. so it makes you really sympathize more and more which is exactly what I did with Maleficent but again talk about a heavy hitting cast not only do you have Angelina Jolie which is amazing the sequel has Michelle Pfeiffer and do you actually know who plays Aurora? No, I have no idea because I was too busy caring about the true proper person, Maleficent. But oh, who? <laughs> it is Elle Fanning, who is the younger sister of Dakota Fanning. Oh, very cool. Right? And, and you do need to know this fun fact. Okay. There is another crossover between Disney and my beloved Harry Potter. I mean, it's only because they run out of actors and actresses. So I don't know. Like, like, 
Wow. <laughs> a talk about smack talk. She's hitting below the belt on this one. Oh, tell me more. It is none other than the actress who played Dolores Umbridge, a true villain that did not make the list because it's not Disney, but Imelda Stanton plays Mrs. Umbridge, Dolores Umbridge, mm-hmm. and played Knotgrass, which was one of the fairies that was tasked with looking over Aurora. Interesting. Again, yeah. they just ran out of people to call on. <laughs> Or maybe they just needed even more awesome to show how great Maleficent was. Maybe potentially. I'll get I'll give you that. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Evil Queen, because I've I'm bored of your dragon lady, my friend. So the Evil Queen, of course, has been reprised as well. Now they have never officially apprised Snow White and the Seven Dwarves to be determined if they do or do not from a Disney perspective. But because this tale is as truly as old as time. Haha, a little reference <laughs> um, no, We have a great opportunity for this to be reprised across many different perspectives. So the evil queen, maybe sometimes called the wicked queen or um, the mean steps or evil stepmother, I think, whatever the case may be, all those different monikers has been played by so many different incredible women. So Monica Bellucci has played her. Of course, we've also, though, my all-time favorite, Charlize Theron in Snow mm-hmm. White and the Huntsman. Oh, my gosh. That is I've such an incredible I've not seen that one yet, I will say. I did not make time for that in my realm because I was too busy awing and ooing over Maleficent. Charlize, I think, honestly, toe-to-toe. I'm not kidding. This isn't smack talk. I would say that Charlize's reprisal in that is as good as Angelina Jolie's Maleficent. If really? not, maybe even smidge. She really evoked the dark spirits within, if you will. Um, we've had Vanessa Redgrave, Diana Rigg. I mean, the names go on and on and on. Of course, Diane Weiss. So this tale is so incredible that it's been reprised many an opportunity because it really is, I think it hits a chord for folks. I can understand that. I am here for the villain live actions. Between Maleficent and Cruella, I really enjoy a different take. So maybe even if they don't do Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, maybe they will just do a, an evil queen. Oh, gosh. I wish they would. Now, there has been a little bit of even Sigourney Weaver playing her, but that was more, that was super twisted, my friend, because it was straight up like horror meets Disney and Snow White, A Tale of Terror. So if you guys want to go back and see Sigourney Weaver in a different role from her alien role, I think that's a good one to check out as well. Well, and again, talking about giving a lot of love to these actors and actresses that make all of these characters come alive. Angelina Jolie actually worked really closely with the costume and makeup designers to develop the look. The Disney executives originally didn't want to and they objected hoping to take advantage of Jolie's beauty and marketing the film but the actress insisted that the character maintain a scarier look so good for her get a little, little she did too line. for the record those contacts they used I don't know if that was CGI or if it was makeup I gotta give a lot of kudos to that because she did look quite sinister and evil but Um, Friends, if you guys have not gotten enough, if you just scratch the surface of all of this big villain energy and you want more, I am going to strongly suggest you guys check out 
the they're they are disney as far as i know they've been merchandised by disney but the books from um they're actually just called villains and it's serena valentino she has done them all she's done your mother gothel she's done um of course corella she's done hades so all of the incredible villains that we have featured throughout this entire month through the shadow man daily fort fortune so now i'm curious we had some like top billing who did we not feature that you think is like the bee's knees of villains oh only in the disney universe yes absolutely oh come on because girl, girl if we're gonna start talking about villains outside of disney universe then we will need this to be a true marathon episode for like six hours no no we brought it with a lot of the villains is there anybody like immediately that comes to mind for you because i feel like we kind of touched on i had i had a hard time not bringing hades out like i you know i struggled like hades versus jafar hades versus jafar i think they're both sinister i think they both are manipulative and cruel and the reason why i think i went with jafar over hades is that hades couldn't control his temper where i like more of that villain energy where it's calculating ella jafar but i do think hades was super amazing as well I fought for Mother Gothel. I feel like we were on the fence with Mother Gothel, but I really felt like she was a villain that needed some time in the sun, no pun intended. <laughs> well, you did say she was old and had crow's feet last time. So is it because she already got too much sun maybe? I mean, she was like 398 years old. So her exposure was definitely up there. Maybe. Well, I do like the sidekicks too. Like we gave a lot of love to like the head, the head henchmen's, if you will, but their sidekicks are pretty amazing from the feathered friend of your Maleficent with Diablo all the way to our more sinister friends, like a little of the snake variety with Ka. I think that they definitely do have a lot of fun with all of these incredible characters. Well, and again, we gave a lot of love to Lucifer which he definitely was a true villain. And even Horace and Jasper, I feel more so in the animated version, were a little bit more sinister. I feel like in the live action, they were a little bit more, dare I say, dopey. I don't, I feel like they were pretty silly in the, I mean, cause I think too, Corella was so sinister that they did have to kind of lighten her up a little bit, which is what we found throughout our research with these villains was that you do have to kind of almost have a little bit of in comedy, it's kind of called um, having that straight man, somebody to kind of play off of. And I think that they do a great job of that so that it's not quite so scary. Now, I do love the shadow man, Dr. Facilier. How can you not love him? He's from New Orleans. He has friends on the other side. He's got a little bit of tarot energy. I mean, I just think he's so much fun all the way around. Now, we didn't give a lot of fun facts with Dr. Facilier, but you know one fun fact that I came across is that he was Mama Otis's son. Yeah, which is not surprising and it makes sense in retrospect. Like it makes me wanna, that's the thing about learning all of these is that it makes me wanna go rewatch it from that perspective of knowing all the little tidbits. But yes, it does make a lot of sense, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, he really, it really does make sense, but I wouldn't have probably picked up on it on my own. But now I think about I'm royalty on my mother's side and it it, it gets it. I yes. understand it, but I like those little tidbits that, again, like you said, that you really only find if you if you look for them. But, you know, he was also the first African-American Disney villain. Really? I mean, mm -hmm. I, OK, 
The princess and the frog come out before or after in Prisoner Group? I feel like after. But what uh, was Eartha Kitt considered? What was Eartha Kitt considered? I don't and think she gift. was considered Afri- African-American, like her character itself. Okay. Interesting. I wonder, now I want to go back and watch that again since I only watched the 72% of it to see um, what... Did they even talk about ethnicity maybe in that one? I don't know, but it's been it's been interesting, that's for sure. Now, we didn't talk too much about some of the villains that I think we should give some um, a little bit of love to because there's been some villains that weren't featured like or sidekicks like Sir Hiss. I know, again, like Madame Mim from The Sword Pons. and the Stone. Yes. Hans was a villain that I really wanted to do, but there wasn't enough meat to bring him in. It, that, I think that's part of it too. <laughs> there wasn't enough meat to bring them in. Um, is the fact that there is, it's trying to also make sure that we have people that we can highlight that has a little bit more information for us to be able to to offer you guys. Um, Gilbert Godfrey, Ooh, Captain Hook. Oh yes, Captain, Captain Hook. Hook. Oh, the live action Hook terrified me as a child. Oh, I don't With think Robin I saw Williams that. As Robin Williams and. Actually, now that I'm thinking about that, I think there is another Harry Potter crossover in that movie. Shelby's main goal in life is to find every single crossover between her Harry Potter world and the Disney world. No, it wasn't. Hook, I think, was Dustin Hoffman. Okay. But there is another one, I think, that Draco Malfoy's dad plays in Captain Hook. Hmm. Well, as we're rolling through this, as I'm here, googling friends, this, <laughs> as we're rolling through here, we're over 20 minutes in, so one third of the way through this mini marathon, and hopefully by now you've done at least one of those scavenger hunt physical activities, or you'll have burpees waiting for you on the other side. There's no friends there, my friend, except for panic and pain, because that's exactly what I would have as my sidekicks if I forced myself to do burpees instead of some of these other activities during my run. Panic and pain, again, adding a little bit of that levity um, against the really over-the-top fiery temper of Hades, which I think, again, is why we do these kind of workouts, is to avoid panicking when it's race day and avoid painting the the pain the day after race day. So... (laughs) If you guys have more questions about your training or you're looking at a specific goal race, it is a great opportunity for you to reach out to us at info at timeforbrunch.com because we will be having our one-on-one athlete application open for just a very short spell. And haha, it is spell. Uh, sorry. That was, good. that was pretty good. I'm proud of your puns. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. So with that said, friends, we have loved having you guys with us for this entire challenge. It's always so much fun. And it came on just the heels of our Crown and Conquer, where again, we had an opportunity to really get to know quite a few of you and to see how much Disney love there is. Now, we can't promise that we're going to bring back another Crown and Conquer or a Villains Vault anytime soon. We may decide to put them on the back burner, but we are always looking for really fun themes to keep you guys engaged and make these workouts feel a little bit easier. What kind of themes would you like to see come down the way? I'm feeling like Harry Potter is going to happen. Oh my gosh. Which of course, as you were talking, I did have to look it up and the fabulous Jason Isaacs did play Captain Hook. He, however, played it in Peter Pan, the 2003 edition. So 
I mean, we might have to do a Harry Potter challenge. There are so too many nuggets to go off this, of. This is what I'll probably need to do. I'm probably going to have to listen to the books during my runs because I can't see myself sitting through the movies again. Uh, um, I, I already watched all the movies, but I watched them all already. I'm going to have to put it on a roulette wheel. I watched and all I'm going to have to already. mess with you like you did with me of Maleficent. I don't think I will ever... They were- ever they forgive were you so good all of the all of the movies were really amazing they're just not something i want to sit through again um but i think i would totally dig the books i really do love i i love audiobooks for getting out for runs um if i'm not listening to us even more so than music if i am listening to something it's usually an audiobook and i'm going to tell you why it's my go-to the fact that I only allow myself to listen to it during my run and I usually end it on like kind of like a page turner where if I was reading the book, I would just sit up all night and read it all the way through. It helps me to get laced up to get back out there. So friends, if you are having difficulty staying motivated and inspired, not with these kind of runs, these kind of runs, of course we get it, then maybe it's time to add in some of our podcasts from time for brunch, of course, or maybe check out some audiobooks that you might like. I feel like we always have a little bit of page turners in our episodes as well like is coach shelby gonna find another reference of harry potter in disneyverse <laughs> likely probably yes. <laughs> yeah probably i'm not gonna lie but again we are serious about running we're serious mm-hmm. about making it fun so we want to get out there there are plenty of other places that focus so hardcore on pace and so much on this metric and that metric where we really do put a lot of effort both evil and princess-like into making sure that we have a full body and a full well-rounded experience because as we've learned throughout this villain challenge we are not one trick ponies there is not just one side of us so why should our running only have one side of it so again definitely our doors are always open for questions to work with us to let us know what more you want to see and Maybe I'm not alone in wine that Harry Potter challenge. I don't know. I guarantee that there's about 45% of our people who want the Harry Potter challenge and the other 65% is just they didn't know that they wanted it. But I'm <laughs> positive that that's definitely going to, I did the math wrong. Um, it doesn't matter. Math is, is hard right now. But it's running math. <laughs> It, yeah, numbers don't count in running. That's why we like everything with final them, surge. Yeah. <laughs> but with that said, there's always fun themings up for grab because we do know that, as Coach said, it's hard sometimes to get motivated to get laced up. And yes, we could ad nauseum get onto the microphone and talk about science aspect, physiological aspect. Um, we could do a head to toe kind of a check in from all of the things and talk about all of the different muscle groups. But the most important part that we need to work on is convincing our brain. So that beautiful organ of ours to get out there, go out for the runs, do the workouts, do the hard things. So that's really where we come into play to helping those miles go a little bit faster, a little bit more joy. And of course, if you learn something new along the way, that makes us pretty happy as well. And it's kind of the best of both worlds because our athletes in our training group, they are getting these challenges as part of their programming, as part Mm -hmm. of their little TFB perks, shall we say. So if you're on the fence, definitely reach out to us. Again, we're always open. We're more than happy to have a consult call with anybody who is looking to get more information because we want this to be a personalized experience. We want you to feel like the royal or the villain, depending on which side you might air a little bit closer to. I mean, a little bit of both. 
Definitely. <laughs> but mainly, more importantly, is it's main character energy all the way through is what you definitely get when you get to work with us as our one-on-one athlete. And now this is where it's very important as well. Those consultations, we don't just offer them. We actually make them mandatory along with the application because not every athlete is a good fit for our style of coaching. So it's very important that we have an opportunity to chat with you and get to know you and you get to know us to see if we can actually make beautiful magic happen without a spell or two. It should kind of just organically be able to work. So of course, it doesn't necessarily mean that we'll have... Hmm, how should I say this? It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to like us every single day. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to necessarily even enjoy some of the things that we will do. But one of the things that we can guarantee is that we will work with you to see past some of the limitations that you may have without even realizing it. Because we I do think like a good task. It's, yep, absolutely. Which kind of brings me to some of my wickedness, Christine. Tell me I was going to test you on some <laughs> general Disney trivia, if you were okay. up for it. I'm ready. Okay, so one of the villains that we did not feature was Randy Boggs from Monsters, Inc. Do you but... consider him a villain? Yes. He's not a villain. He, he was he just trying to do his job. Boo. He kidnaps Boo. And while we all talk about her and we refer to her as Boo, do you know where her actual name was? I truly have no idea, but I want to say it's Gabby. Something. No, Mary. That they got that wrong. Okay, you you tell Disney <laughs> that and make sure that you they know that you are not happy with their absolutely. Choices. They got that wrong. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It should have been Gabby. All right. Well, or Abby, in- or something adorable. Mary's cute. Sorry Mary's, to all the Marys out Mary, there. Mary's beautiful. It's quite royal, actually. But it's not like, you know, toddler cute. So while it might have felt this long on some of our workouts, do you know how long the genie from Aladdin had been in the lamp? <gasps> I feel like I should know this because the Aladdin live action is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, it was a very long time because I remember he had the kinks and crinks um, that he needed to stretch I mean, on out. That. So I think also this is a great reminder that we're about halfway through this fun run. So check in with yourself. Have you done at least one of those little stretches? Maybe you saw a skeleton and it's a great time to do a little bit of a stretch. I'm going to do it as well. Um, Because again, you really don't want those burpees on the other side, do you? Okay. I've stalled long enough. It has to be in the thousands of years because I think that when you think about children's movies, everything has to be super exaggerated. Um maybe late I'm gonna sit can I do over under because I'm not You're gonna get stalling exact. so much sure over okay. under but you can't have any whammy so you can't you can't go over got it got it okay so I have to get closest to it by 200 years I'm gonna say 800 years 10,000 oh see that's just silly Disney, you think 800 is a lot 800 is a lot. 10,000 years. I don't even think that the earth's been around so long. Now I'm literally going to look it up. When did earth (laughs) We're pretty new. Like, I don't think we've been. Well, yeah, I know we have been 10,000 BCE, but not that long. That doesn't even make any sense. There was no, there was no lamps 10,000 BCE. Well, and we talked about how you brought a villain from Fantasia, but do you Mm -hmm. actually know 
And yes, there is a sorcerer in Fantasia. Ooh, no. It, but that makes so much sense because one of the biggest Disney merches is the Mickey sorcerer hat. Tell me more. But the name is actually a little hidden gem of its own. I cannot pronounce it, but if you spell it backwards, <laughs> it's Disney. So no way. Yenzid? Yenzin? I, I, I'm not great at that backwards. And I'm 100% yeah. sober, so don't come at me with a sobriety test. <laughs> That's interesting. I'm trying to think of how it would be. Yeah, I couldn't do Pig Latin. It's not basically what Pig Latin. No, Pig Latin was where you dropped the first two letters and added them to the end or whatever the case may be. Um, I'm sorry. They probably covered that after I was out of school. I think it was before. It may have been before your time, but I will say this. I can barely speak like English and typo and Spanglish, so Pig Latin's not happening for me anytime soon. <laughs> All right, friends, as you're rolling through there, Coach, I want to know what was your favorite facilier's fortune fitness activity of the entire challenge? You know what's funny? We always say we're not going to be mean to each other. And that you said you, you drop this and you make me be... Yeah, you had to pick one. Usually we give a lot of like, oh, we'll give you just two or three, but no, we couldn't really be sinister if I give you that. So um, come on. I don't know. I kind of like the facilities flex. Did I love you? a good I love a good upper body day. And chair dips, while extremely hard for me, are really, really fun. I think I liked Yzma's potion her youthful elixir because I'm so <laughs> down with having a really good strong foundation of our post recovery for our workouts so I think that gave us an opportunity to kind of figure out what was a really good smoothie mix and it kind of also feels like it was a little bit um hearkening back to those dark days of the princesses when they reigned supreme and now of course the villains have finally gotten the throne that they deserve but when we had the produce challenge. So it kind of allowed for that with Yzma's elixir. And I loved that it was kind of spontaneous. So you had to get creative with whatever it was that you had in your kitchen versus kind of planning it out. So it was Pinstagram perfect. <laughs> I'm calling it Pinstagram from now on. I could kind of, I, I also did like uh, the booty camp just because uh -huh. we know that I love myself some glute work. And there is, other than squats, donkey kicks and fire hydrants are some of my favorite, favorite moves. Really? I yes. Mean, I could see that. I could see that. You are, I, I was surprised that you said facilities flex because you are a lower body girl day. Like you love you some boot moves, glute moves, quads, which I'm surprised you didn't like quad and quiver. It's, that that name still, I don't know. That just, it makes me it's feel very uncomfortable inside <laughs> oh my god it's not my fault that that's what the actual name of the bows and arrow thingy is i've actually worked in an outdoor store that sold bows quivers and, and it quivers. Just, i don't i don't like that word i put that right up there with moist i mean you definitely don't want those two together oh <laughs> god christine not safe not safe for work at all which reminds us, friends, that yes, we know that the playlists throughout this villain challenge weren't quite suitable for work. Um, again, we make a really, really, really intentional 
decision every single time that we do time for brunch or when we put together playlists that go out externally to make sure that it is something that you can listen to with little ears in the back see those were not we're going to go ahead and say that this was our one and only opportunity for 31 days to kind of play with that darker side of ourselves i wouldn't say only i'm still i'm still pushing for some not safe for work brunch aspects where where (laughs) could we do that uh maybe you guys will have to let us know if you would like to see some not safe for work uh brunch aspects a little bit more often I don't see we can't do that with Harry Potter, my friend. Villains was the only one that I could think of. We'll have to we'll have to come back to this one. Listen, there is there is something darker than Disney villains. And that is the depths of our brains where just when you think you've seen it all, we come up with the ringer and we bring some fire, kind of like the dragon breath work, which I feel like yes, it's a la maleficent, but I think that you created that card just for me and my big dragon energy. Hundred percent. I think Maleficent Dragon Lady was just like a she was the justification for it, but honestly that card was one hundred percent all you girl. Which please. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So important. So I'm also curious that what I love this particular challenge is that we've seen people really getting that team support mm-hmm. and also jumping into supporting each other, hosting fun things, getting into the entire process of like spooky season. I'm going to be sad when we turn the page, to be honest. I'm not sure that I'm ready to let it go quite yet. Well, I mean, we had to let it go in the Crown of Conquer. We're going to have to move on from the other side with the villains. And who knows? Again, stay tuned for some extra little tidbits and tantalizing details to come. Ooh. Well, with that said, um, I think, too, what I love about the villains is that while they do come across, and I've said it practically in every single run, they're confident in themselves. And they have a kind of larger-than-life energy. I also really, really enjoy the fact that if you dive deep into their background, there's not like that all good or all bad, which I think does parlay into our running. Not all of our runs go all good and not all of our runs go all bad. And that's kind of just the process of running and training and how it parallels our lives. So... Friends, if throughout this challenge you felt like you were potentially maybe challenged more than you ever have before, or you weren't really comfortable with like, let's say the towering trek where it was an incline workout, or maybe you haven't really done a lot of speed play before, or you're still not even comfortable with it. Maybe you just ran and listened to them and kind of did your own thing, but not sure if you're ready for those actual speed play workouts. We're going to suggest that you guys use these runs again. Um, of course, if you want to keep that spooky season energy going like I do and try them, maybe not exactly as prescribed, but at least like one set or just challenge yourself to give it a twirl and, and be willing to be a little uncomfortable with it. With that said, we're about 40 minutes in, about 20 minutes left to go. So this is definitely a point where you want to have done at least two of those physical activities through that scavenger hunt outside. Which one coach do you think that you would definitely be tackling as your second one? Ooh, I'm going to probably say the tombstone. The five slow heel lifts. Because one, there's a lot of tombstones in my area. But I feel like this is especially a really good stretch mm-hmm. when it comes as you're doing it. You're literally yeah. standing there doing it as I I'm am. talking about it. Yeah, but I am. Especially after you 
done a few miles. I'm really into like running my warm up mile and then mm-hmm. doing some heel lifts or calf raises, depending on how you want to classify them. Doing some extra stretches just to kind of again wake up the body after I've done that warm up mile. So I'm probably going to incorporate that. So I'm down with that for sure. I'm also down with calf raises. Gosh, I don't know. All of these are good. And I will say that all of them are still better than the burpees. So friends, we also <laughs> loved, I actually thought that Oogie Boogie's burpee bash was a lot of fun just because it was truly devious and evil. You're just um, like saying it. Yeah. How could you not? Like it's better than the Oogie Boogie bash from Disneyland. We can make our own, but just add burpees which no one has ever actually RSVP'd to a burpee party, I don't think, before. But who knows? Maybe that will be a challenge in the future. Ooh, I like where you're going with this. Still keeping that villain energy, aren't we, Coach? Yeah, I don't think it will ever fully leave us. But Mm -hmm. one thing I definitely learned throughout this entire challenge is... Maybe I am wanting to come to the dark side a little bit more often. (laughs) What's one thing you've learned throughout this challenge? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. I'm a big believer in growth mindset and allowing ourselves to learn throughout every single thing. I'm going to have to come back on that because I want it to be a truly thoughtful. Okay, I will say, talk about out of comfort zone. Trash talking and dividing our community (laughs) into two teams was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I mean, I truly honestly do not my entire life I've worked on building unity and like a united front and supporting each person. So for that to be divided was really hard. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I really do see the value of friendly competition. More so what I see the value of it though was the fact that we saw people who maybe would have thrown in the towel when life got really busy if it would have been they were letting themselves down. And I know that I'm not trying to wax poetic, but that's just a reality. We are very apt to um, be okay with letting ourselves down, but we usually won't let others down. So I do love that people were able to take that as an opportunity of making sure that they were there for their team. And in the same breath, they were able to also make really great strides for themselves and hone in more consistency as they keep moving forward in their future fitness journeys, whatever those look like. Well, and I think that's why we always call our athletes, whether they're one-on-one or group athletes, our TFB training team, because Mm -hmm. It is a team. You all might not interact with each other on a day-to-day basis. You might be in every other day poster within the group. But no matter what, you know that there's other runners and other athletes there behind you. And again, we have it from every different section of the running world. We have, they run straight through, the run walkers, the people who are training for marathons, their first 5K, building that base. It really is a one-stop community for some of the best parts of the running world. And being able, especially with this mild challenge, to have everybody in different areas of their training and different areas of their journey come together for that common cause was something really, really special. But I will agree, being on different teams still felt very weird to me because you are, and I am your cohort in crime. You do the day in and day out. we're not good at keeping things close to the vest. No, they're really the worst at it. Like seriously. But again, that's what's so important. There was a benefit to it. Was it our favorite necessarily? Likely not. 
but we also felt like there was a benefit and that's where there's a benefit in all of these workouts. They may never become your favorite friends. Like you may always hate Hillary Pete's or you may always not really love that treadmill. Um, it's so important though to still push ourselves out of those comfort zones just to see how we can grow and learn. And if it doesn't become your favorite, again, that's where you should reach out and look at what kind of alternatives can you have in your life. Um, I think you would probably agree with me, coach, doesn't necessarily mean that it's 100% going to be something that you should not use, but still there's ways to get around it kind of a thing. I do that a lot for my one-on-one athletes who maybe don't love HIIT workouts. I just prescribe more HIIT light where they're still getting some of those benefits, but it's not all up in your face and hitting you where it hurts. So again, there's always ways to respect our boundaries as we learn from the Crown or Conquer Challenge, but also maybe doing some things that are a little spicy and sweet like the villains. Aw, I love that you call them a little sweet as well. They have, think- they have a little part in my heart. I'm not going to lie. You've come a long way on the villains, my friend. I still want to watch Hocus Pocus. From a year ago where you wouldn't have even like thought of wanting to do a whole Halloween theme to now like straight into dark, sinister energy. I'm digging it. <laughs> Maybe I'm having a soft, gooey center with a harder exterior. Ooh, I like that. Sounds like the perfect candy for the record. Which, of course, as we are rolling through this in our Halloween spooky season, can we just really quick remind you guys that have the candy. Don't freak out about it. You don't have to work it all off. If it is soft and gooey and makes your heart happy, then go ahead um, before the evil queen comes after it and puts your heart in a box. It's probably important you go ahead and just have the treats. See it for what it is. Now, Coach, you are, of course, not team sweet. And I get it. I get it. But I do think that you have a couple of things that you enjoy. What kind of Halloween candy are you most apt to consume as the Dragon Lady? I'm going to probably go classic with some M&Ms and a little bit more new wave with the Sour Ropes. I love the Sour Ropes. And spoiler alert. If you suffer from dry mouth while you are running, maybe you're more of a mouth breather and that little bit of uh, hydration that you're taking isn't really solving it, maybe bring one of the sour guys on your run and have it a little mid-mile pickup and it gets your salivary glands really working overtime as mine are right now just talking about it. So a a little sour goes a long way, especially on the run. Well, with that said, friends, we hope that you guys are rocking and rolling right through here and knowing that, yes, there might be something as we've talked in previous episodes that you're running towards. So maybe it's the Reese's Pieces peanut butter cup, or maybe you're running from, and it's the fact that your kids still are upset with you because you didn't get, I don't know, the Hulk Hogan gloves that came with the outfit because you didn't want them punching the wall, but it's okay. (laughs) You definitely are hitting like some 90s pop culture there with Hulk Hogan. Oh my gosh, am I really? Because, okay, The Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. So I have a girlfriend Hulk who... Hulk Hogan actually, and The Incredible Hulk? Is that really what Hulk, you got messed they're, up they're, as? They're Hulk. They're both Hulks. Um, not to be confused with hunks, because I don't think that either of them would necessarily fall under that category, but they're still Hulks in both their names. So my girlfriend was telling me how her child is really, really upset because she refuses to get like these little punchy hands thingies part of his costume 
I know. I told her the same thing, but she said he shall live and she doesn't care. So again, maybe that's why Disney has made so many moms and stepmoms, the evil villains. Um, I do like the fact that Maleficent isn't a mom. I think that's pretty a big departure from some of the other stories where we saw like Tangled and Lady Tremaine and of course the evil queen. I feel like she was she was her own fairy person. I will say, and I don't know because I haven't done a deep dive into this exact theory, but mm-hmm. what hit me big time with the Maleficent with the live action is the fact that, spoiler alert, if you have not watched it, her kiss actually saves Aurora because she grew to truly love her. And I thought that was actually a really cool little Easter egg because, as you know, Angelina Jolie herself adopted most of her children. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was a beautiful way to kind of pay an homage to not being so hard and fast into the textbook of a mom, of somebody who actually had to birth said child. You can grow to love a child, grow another. And I thought that was a really beautiful way to tie the story together and again, have a departure from that textbook fairy tale. Aw, see, Coach, you are gooey in the middle. I am gooey in the middle. It also made me want to go and hug my kids, so. Well, one of my favorite, I know, girl, I know, you definitely, I think that that's the reason why you have such a hard time with some of these Disney movies, for the record. (laughs) Probably. Um, Because they they do make you a little um, reminiscent of wanting to be there with your kiddo. But um, one of my favorite, favorite Halloween treats the entire year I look forward to it is candied apples or caramel apples with lots and lots of nuts, which of course is one of the most infamous treats of all when it comes to going into the Disney parks. If you go to the cauldron, the candy cauldron, that's of course themed around Snow White and the wonderful evil queen in her um, old hag form. I don't even love that phrase, but okay. Um, <laughs> is that there's a bazillion Jaguar era? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes friends, if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to go back to listen to our previous runs because there's a lot of references in this specific episode with all those previous ones. But yes, in her Jaguar era, I think that's beyond Jaguar. There's gonna we're gonna have to find something else. Um yeah, I love their candy. I mean, their caramel apples are beautiful. I think they're a bit too much caramel on them personally, but they're still really, really pretty and fanciful. And that's probably one of my favorite Halloween treats. I love this time of year, though, all the way around. Harkening back to a throwback with the bougie meals on a budget, caramel Mm -hmm. apples are actually super, super easy to make and cheap to make compared to the store-bought counterpart. That and chocolate-covered strawberries. Uh, Yeah, chocolate-covered strawberries, super, 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 super easy. I don't think I'm making caramel apples at home. Oh, it is so I'm not paying $15 for them either at Disney, but... It is so easy to make, and they are Mm -hmm. so much better than the store-bought ones. Maybe Maybe I'll have to be our next workshop, how to make caramel apples a la Coach Shelby brunch edition. Maybe. But I'm with you. Caramel apples are legit. And because, again, we can't not talk about food. I know candy corn gets a lot of hate, but if you do candy corn with peanuts it's a game changer and maybe throw in some mini m&ms and trust me you will be a candy corn convert 
I like candy corn. Do you? Yeah, I really do. I know people don't. I never knew that. And you know who I was confusing? Um, The Monsters, Inc. Young little adorable boo that you called as Mary. I was confusing Mm -hmm. her with Gabby Gabby, who is the most recurring villain in the Toy Story franchise. Oh, I refuse to acknowledge Toy Story 4. Don't even get me started. Talk about irrational things that get me mad. I hated, and I very rarely use that word, I hated Toy Story 4. I love Toy Story 4. Nope. It doesn't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. And it gave them an entire franchise around Forky or whatever his name is. So you're wrong. (laughs) Oh, no. And maybe this is going to be our next challenge, just fighting over things that we disagree on. Because, all right, we're going to have to leave this to a Coach, you know we already have that, right? It's called Time for Brunch. Like, you can find (laughs) that on Spotify or Apple. We we disagree. YouTube. Yeah, you guys can definitely um, hone in on any of those. But, yes, I... You didn't like it. I really did like it. Hated it. And I reserve that word. I probably only truly hate a handful of things in this entire world. And that's one of them? That's, that's one, one of them. them. That's set in the top five. Oh, my goodness. Well, Gabby Gabby was voiced by one of my favorite actresses, Christina Hendrickson. And Ooh. I think she's amazing. So that's probably maybe why I, or Hendrix, that's why I loved her. Um, oh, she has also a great TV show, but that's neither here nor there. She has so. that strong red lip, too. So oh. uh, I will take, she will be on whatever roster she fits onto. I call her in advance. No, no, we will fight for her. <laughs> I may have given you a dragon lady. There's no way I'm giving you Christina Hendricks. Absolutely. She's on my side. Girl, <laughs> I have loved her since Mad Men. I love her in um, Good Girls. That's the name of the show. And if you want to talk about, like, we were talking in one of our previous episodes, I think it was the Corolla, like, what kind of guys we go after. The bad Mm -hmm. boy in Good Girls is by far one of the most attractive guys to me ever. Not because I like him, and I don't think he looks cute in any other thing, but that bad boy energy that he brings is amazing. Listen, I've never watched Mad Men. I'm sorry. I've never watched The Good Girl. Then how could you say you're definitely not taking Christina? So that's it. I just love her. She's gorgeous. You can't, no, you can't, you can't take her if you don't even watch her shows. Mm -mm, No. Okay. (laughs) Moving on to other things that are more important and relevant to this specific conversation. I'm going to drop in with a couple of questions about Walt Disney World. Because again, yeah, we've got, we've got our friends coming our way. So again, with the winners of both the Crown and Conquer and of course the Villains Vault, they get that princess bib sold out from 2024. They get to make their way to, you know, my hometown of Orlando and then of course participate in this incredible princess weekend. And hopefully along the way, you guys will pop on into Walt Disney World. So what is your favorite of the parks at Walt Disney World? Magic Kingdom. Same. I'm basic. I'm, I'm I'm basic. I love my Magic Kingdom. But that wasn't a trivia question. That was just no. Fact. No, I was just. I figured I'd ask that first. Oh, okay. okay so sorry, you're what still is paying me? Okay, so what are the three mountains in Magic Kingdom? Uh, Space Mountain. Mm-hmm. Worst ride ever. <laughs> oh God, no! I yeah, I'll not go on that. Uh, well, Splash Mountain's no longer. But does that count? I think so. What do they do? We know what it's going to be called now that it's being redone. Uh, is it something by you? Okay, I think Maybe. it still counts. All right, okay. so Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, 
and oh god i'm blinking on the third mountain i mean you've got it girl it's right there oh gosh i'm so disappointed in myself it's okay i will i will give you grace when you cannot give it to yourself but i'm not giving you christina hendrix for your team <laughs> what, um, what's the third mountain big thunder railroad mountain big and thunder. i i would almost say that seven mines seven dwarves mine train might have a little mountain energy there but if they don't i've never been also, on it i know <sighs> it's the best it's like big thunder mountain but a little smaller and a little smoother um so I think right now a lot of folks are loving on Tron. I personally do love Tron as well, but you always know I'm definitely all about that ghost action, which of course was a little fun that we played with, with the Fortune Fitness cards with a little visit from Madame Leota and um, a little bit of that Haunted Mansion grin, grim grinning ghost stretches. So coach, I'm curious, do you know how tall Cinderella Castle is? Because, I mean, it's definitely as tall as the skeletons that everybody's doing stretches to. Uh, so are we looking, are we doing it like in feet? I don't, I think so. Like, that's all well, I Well, is the know. answer in feet or yards? Or it's in feet. I don't know how, okay. you, how it would, tra I mean, I figure I can do the conversion if you prefer something I, else. I barely know anything other than feet. So thank you, public education system. Um, let's go with 178 feet tall. Oh my gosh, you're so much better at this than I am. Really? No, I mean, it's not it, but that's oh, okay. still close enough. It's 189 feet. I think that's phenomenal. Wow. I mean, a lot of kudos I'm, for that. I'm really proud of myself. You I'm should patting be. myself on the back right here. I feel like, I feel like this one's kind of easy, but I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there anyway. One of my favorite things to do at Disney, of course, but you know, the three original hotels offered at Walt Disney World and bonus points if you can even do them in order of when they were first created so the resort mm -hmm. um i'm gonna do wilderness lodge okay i'm gonna do oh gosh this is hard the polynesian think about the monorail i don't remember which one has the monorail go through it um okay then you're definitely not getting the bonus on this one is that record. contemporary yes it is so the Contemporary Wilderness Lodge and the Polynesian. Okay, were you looking at my answers? No, but I'm actually really proud of myself because I genuinely didn't know that. That was pure guessing. Okay, so it is a Contemporary. That was the very first hotel. Then it was the Polynesian. That's what I'm showing. I'm going to double check that just in case. And then Fort Wilderness. And actually, it was a campground before the lodge. Oh, uh, that makes sense. It does, doesn't it? But I mean, again, that's camping and I just block that out of my memory. Yeah, well, evidently it's like the place to camp if you're gonna camp, that's for sure. Apparently, but okay, I have one trivia for you because we've talked about Run Disney and how much it costs and how much Disney costs. Do you know what the ticket price was uh, when Disney first opened? Uh, so I listened to a podcast about Disney history. Not surprised. Yeah. I'm a dork. Um, and <laughs> I feel it was expensive from the get-go. And wait, Disney World or Disneyland? Disney World. Okay. I know that they had the categories on their tickets. There was an A ride, a B ride, double A ride, something like that. The question is not that complex. I feel like it was $36 for a one-day admission. 
We have a loser. It was $3.50 when the first park opened the public in the early 1970s. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you guys right now that um, you're it's not that. <laughs> it's not that. But more importantly, I don't even think you could buy popcorn for that. But I do have a really cool trivia that I learned from TikTok. So Ooh, friends, if it. you haven't if you haven't found us on TikTok, you need to head over that way because we are working really hard at getting out of our comfort zone and TikToking it up. Um, I can't swear there's going to be any TikTok dances coming out of us, but we'll see. But the cost of the fireworks mm-hmm. are like phenomenally high, right? Mm-hmm. You know how much they are? I'm going to probably say they're like 1.5 million. Nightly? Yeah. Okay. So they're they're not quite that much. Am I that bougie? For for Magic Kingdom. So granted, they haven't met all the other parks to like Epcot. So for Magic Kingdom, they usually rank in around fifty to $60,000 per fireworks show. So it could definitely add up. More importantly, though, do you know that they sell enough popcorn at Magic Kingdom to pay for those fireworks nightly? So meaning like that daily, they will, they will bring in like 50 or 60 grand worth of popcorn. That's nuts. Well, it costs 40000 base just to get married at the foot of Cinderella's castle. Like that's just like the initial cost. It's well, yeah, they're closing down the park for you. But you know what also they're not necessarily going to do, and that's why it's so phenomenal, is that this way run Disney, you get to actually have that fairy tale ending at the castle, and you're not rushed off, and you're not forced out of it, and it's such a wonderful experience, not just for those race day photo experiences, but you to actually run through Main Street and having the entire park shut down for you, and of course your adoring fans. I'm so, so friends, excited. I know. We can't wait for you guys to join us for it as well and if you have any questions about run disney shoot us a message as well but with that said we're going to give you a huge high five we are bringing this officially we are closing up the villains into the vault we want to say well well done friends you embraced your inner villain throughout this entire challenge you dominated the workouts of the day the actual all of the runs you dominated that team trash talking rivalry and supporting your fellow teammates as well you had ruthless determination and i can guarantee you that both coach shelby and i your villain vanguards nod in approval so as we draw this wicked wonderful challenge to a close remember that today and every day you're the master of your fate you are the captain of your soul and you're always in control of your destiny so go forth with your sinister strength renewed ready to conquer and of course return to some of our future challenges so we can't wait to share them with you until then keep nurturing that sparkle or dark sparkle within after all as they say in our wicked circle it's good to be bad